Oh, hi there. I'm Markley Morrison, and this is the season seven premiere of Low Profile. I'm real excited to kick things off today because I've been working on this season for a little over a year, and as usual, I'll be presenting a ton of terrific musical guests. Also, my wife Lonnie is supplying hand-drawn portraits of all the artists for each episode, starting with today's guest, Peter David Connolly of the Mona Reels, whose latest self-released album, Without Love, is available on Bandcamp. In addition to the band's output over the past 20 years or so, we talk about how to hack the algorithms that police low-res photos, worshipping the Beach Boys, the role of piano in contemporary rock music, and Peter gives a few piano and vocal performances we taped in his home here in Olympia. This episode is also available on video filmed and directed by Andrew Ebright at TCTV Studio A. You can find a link to watch this on this episode's website at lowprofilepodcast.com or catch it late at night on Channel 22 in Thurston County. Some, but not all, of the visual references have been edited out for the version you're hearing now. That said, let's go now to the studio and get to it. Hey, how's it going? This is Low Profile. I'm Markley Morrison. And today we are joined by the Mona Reels, all the original band members right here in the studio, TC Media in Olympia, Washington. The Mona Reels was started by a fella named Peter David Connolly. And here he is. Peter, thank you so much for coming to this. Thank you for having me. This is a new experience for me. Uh, same, same. I'm just still finding my legs, or growing my legs, I guess you'd say. Finding in, your legs. I think they say growing your legs in growing this business. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> that's well, this good. Is a, this is a lovely set you have here, and thank you for, you know, this uh, profile of some of the, you know, back catalog and everything. Yeah, this is this is a little bit of it. So. Uh, all the way in the back is the Mona Reels Volume One, which it's your only LP release so far. Hopefully, there'll be more of those. Yeah, and it's uh, if you find that online, it's called BFXing, like boyfriend crossing. Yeah, that was that was kind of not my uh, title. That was sort of you know in 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 an attempt at including. Uh, other members of the band at that time, I just sort of used a uh, inside joke that was sort of their joke. Okay. But yeah, it was it was uh, it was boyfriend crossing as we were in Spokane, and that was just a comment uh, someone said when they saw a few skater guys crossing the street in front of us. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> yeah, I should have just it should have just been called like the Sheaf era or something, but. Whatever, it's fine. Well, I mean, when you're in an era, maybe you don't know you're in an era. Exactly. It's only in retrospect that you realize what era era you're in. Yeah, and um, so that was a period uh, when I first saw you performing. It was in that era, Mm -hmm. Um, April and Summer Sheaf, Mm -hmm. three-part harmony through Lindsay, the eldest 
sister. The eldest of the sheaf sisters, yeah. I remember vividly the moment that I met you. Yeah? Yeah, we were at Chez Puget in Olympia, and, and before I ever even heard you talk or met you, I watched you just burst into song spontaneously. It was like a jam happening, and you just started singing along. And oh, wow. That was the first time I heard your voice. That sounds like something I would do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, it was very beautiful. I mean, it was, you know, it was, uh, it was very real and, and unforced. I used to make music a lot. You still do. A little bit, a little bit here and there. I'm mostly like digging around on other people's music now, which is just as fun for me because then I get to listen to all this stuff. I listen to these three records in particular a ton lately. I mean, I, I've known this, the one on LP mm-hmm. pretty well for a long time, especially, I remember uh, we, we used to do these all day shows here in Olympia called Microfest. And um, I'm not sure if it was the first time I saw the Mona Reels perform. It probably, it couldn't have been. Probably not. The but one it was, we played, it, I think the first time, remember we all, we sang on, on top of a car? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, you guys all used a car in, in the driveway as your stage. Yeah. And that was, because that was that was during the time when I was pretty much the only instrumentalist. It was just all about harmony singing, mm-hmm. and so we could do things like that, play yeah. a show sitting on top of a car. So, can you tell me about the various iterations of the mono reels? Yeah. Um, well, the, at the beginning, I the idea of having it at the beginning it was just me sit, uh, playing acoustic guitar and singing. And the reason why I had it called the Monorails and it wasn't just uh, wasn't just my name was it was a little bit modeled after the uh, the way that the magnetic fields worked, or it was kind of just one person's project, but it was you know it was sort of an umbrella where he could have different singers if he thought they sounded better on a song than him, or just to have variety. And I thought that it wouldn't be very cool if I just called it Peter David Connolly, and then I sang half the time. Yeah, I just yeah, thought that wouldn't sense. be, that just wasn't okay, so it'd be better to have a sort of band name, even, even though it wasn't a band at all when it started. And then we had, there was a rock group version that uh, John Merrithew from Sea Average was in. Yeah, and, uh, Sea Average, another local Olympia. Yes. Uh, heavy hitters. Yeah, and Big that deal was, around here. That was to me having him be the guitar player in the band was like if you had if you got, you know, Pete Townsend to be your guitar player. Like I was just a huge fan of his to actually so to have him playing guitar in my songs was incredible at that time. Yeah. Did did you make any recordings of that? We group? did. He's on some of the second album, which has been out of print for a long time. Unfortunately, be, through no fault of his or anyone else in the band, I do think that's the worst one. That's the weakest one. But it has nothing to do with him. It's just my songs weren't were not up to par, I guess. Yeah. At that point, or at least and that's how I feel now. At the time, I thought it was going to be great, but yeah, yeah, you're in the moment. Yeah. Sometimes just a, a little bit of distance, you can like see something for what it is. It's true, yeah. Than being right in the moment. 
But yeah, that was the first uh, combo incarnation. And then there was a version that retained Chad, who was the drummer in the first band. He stayed for another one where I started just playing piano and we had him and a cellist. And we were like, really, we went from being like trying to be heavy to like the opposite of that. Kind of a Baroque feel? Yeah, or just like, I think he played, maybe he played like with brushes. May, I might be remembering that wrong. It just, it did not rock at all. Like we uh -huh. went from that trying to be what we did to go in the total opposite way. And then the third version was with April and Summer. And right, that which for the record, your live sets in, with that trio didn't sound a damn thing like this record. Yeah, not much, yeah. I, I mean, apart from the harmony and you know, right, the songs yeah. translate, but this is like really, well, you got a lot of drum machine going on. And yeah, maybe a little like too much. Thick arrangement, <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, mean yeah, how much fine. is too much? Yeah, it was, that was just the time. But it wasn't even like a real drum machine. It was like a Casio keyboard and I'd hit like disco and then it changed another part and I'd hit like swing or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, I've never even programmed a drum machine in my life. I, I wouldn't know how to do that. Wait till the next segment. That's what we're, that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be programming a drum machine yeah. right here. Yeah. God, it's all kind of you all brought it right first today.
you, you played, I mean, most of the instruments, but you have a lot of guests on there. Yeah, I, I wish that I'd had even more <clears throat> idea, and hopefully I'm sort of tentatively starting the process of making another one, and I really would like to see if I can have just as many guests as possible. I was telling a, a friend of mine that I wanted to participate on it, that I, I think it'd be cool if the next one had like one track that I'm not even on. Like yeah. maybe I wrote the song, but uh -huh. I'm not on it. Arrangements maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But just like I don't appear on it. Like it's some, or maybe I help record it, but I don't uh -huh. sing or play on it. Yeah, that'd be really fun. We'll see if that happens. Cool. And uh, yeah, I, I really like the cover art. It reminds me of someone I know. And uh, who, who, who is it? Look at this guy. Oh, it reminds you of me, of the person sitting across from you. Super cute, I gotta say. <laughs> it's a really cute picture. Uh, thank you, that was not intended as an album cover. Who took that? I took it. Is that a selfie? It is a selfie, and it was on a flip phone. So oh, it's wow. Not, it's not very uh, high def, like to have it on the streaming services. They actually rejected it oh, at no. first, because it wasn't high quality enough, so it had to, I can't remember the, my friend who did the layout had to do something to sharpen it. You know, you know how you can get away with that on, uh, on some formats is that if you take a photo that they say is too low quality, this is a hack for everyone out there actually. Uh, if they're ever telling you your photo's not high quality enough, then take a screenshot of that photo on a smartphone and all of a sudden the quality is good enough. And, and it probably looks the same. It looks exactly the same. Yeah, so it's really, yeah. It really it's just doesn't... a way to cheat the uh, algorithm or whatever. Yeah, and I remember when it got rejected, it was, it annoyed me because I just thought of this, like Paul McCartney made an album like 20 years ago where the cover is him like taking a selfie basically on a, like a watch phone. And it looks terrible. It's like, it's not, it's like, way worse quality than that. And I'm like, well, they let that slide, but that's Paul McCartney, so. Yeah, he can, that, he can get away with whatever these days, I think. Mm -hmm. um, they say he broke up Fluxus. I read that recently. Interesting. Yeah. So all that makes the shoe on the other foot a little then, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. He broke up Fluxus. Maybe it's true. Maybe. I understand you're gonna be performing some songs for us today. All right, what songs are you gonna do first? You're gonna um, do a couple here, right? Yeah. You know, I, I don't know what song I should do first. Um, maybe I'll do a new one. Sounds great. It's called Eleanor's Song. Cool. All right, so let's go next door to, to your house. Okay, right, quick. it's just over here. Yeah. All right. Yeah, no problem. All right, cool. Here, I'll go with you. Oh, wait. <laughs> You're still tied up. Yeah, I, so am I. I forgot and I was warned. So 
You know what I was wondering is, um, have you ever heard of this band, The Beach Boys? Yeah. I thought you might really like them. Yeah. Yeah. They're, I think they, they make music, you make music, it just mm -hmm. seems like peas in a pod. They're white guys, I'm a white guy. Mm-hmm. They're um, super old. I mean, you're older than me, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I'm not Beach Boys. I'm not at that age yet, but yes, all uh, all joking aside, that is my favorite music. It has been since I was a teenager. The Beach Boys and Laura Nero, and as we taped this, Ronnie Spector just passed yesterday. So that's also yeah. another one of my my heroes as Respect. well. Respect. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, one of the greats. What you got a fave uh, Beach Boys tune? Oh God, I, that would be so hard to, I, I could never say. Um, least, how about least favorite Beach Boys song? That also would be hard to say. I got, I got one for both. Okay, let's hear yours. Okay. So, uh, student demonstration time? Your favorite one. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, busy doing nothing. Your least favorite one. No, it's the other I'm, way around. I think, yeah, it's the other way around, but. Um, yeah, student demonstration time, that's a, 
one. That one's pretty rough. It's but a stinker. I think there could be worse than that. But probably the, the ones that are worse than that aren't even, I don't even remember. Like, I, I just heard it Just once ones that didn't make an impression? Yeah, I did, they weren't even memorable. That one, I'll get, at least give it to it that it makes an impression. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> like, what also, the hell were a, you guys thinking? <laughs> yeah, and it's on a record that's so good. Yeah, like, it's true. Uh, that's, the songs surrounding it are so good that it makes it really stick out. <laughs> like a sore thumb. Um, the song on Till I Die on that record, that would be one of my favorites. Mm. It's gorgeous. Um, I maybe if I had to pick a favorite, it might be Surf's Up. That might be my favorite, especially that uh, that version that came out in the '90s box set. That's just Brian playing piano and singing it. Mm -hmm. That could be my favorite recording in the history of recording. Wow. I mean, maybe I don't know. It's hard to pick favorites and things, but yeah, it's it's just really pure. Yeah, I feel like Which there's something really beautiful when you hear a record, uh, recording of a performer that doesn't have any intention of this, of it being heard, of it coming out, you know, it's just a demo or, or, you know, it's just like a one-off and they, do, you know, you can tell that there's, they're, they're not thinking like, this is the one people are going to hear. And, and I think that's definitely the case with that recording. I saw you opening for Jeffrey Lewis as well. Yeah, Just that was the last one. Solo, solo piano, piano and voice. Yeah. I mean, you know, speaking of Brian surfs up, you know, it, the purity of it, I think, is really nice. And I had seen you play piano previously, um, but not in such a... Do, do, does it feel pretty vulnerable? Oh, absolutely. I have no question. Yeah, that's that's putting yourself in the scariest. I can't really think of a more scary uh, way to perform, honestly. Maybe if it was taking out the piano and it was just a cappella, just me, maybe that would be scarier. But yeah. Yeah. That. Um, that's uh, also that's that's the last instrument that you want to be playing if you have any nerves because your your hands will be like that a little bit. Uh huh. Nobody said piano, but I'm bored. Yeah, that's you, that's something that you said. That's the first song. line on the album too. Yeah. yeah. That was sort of <clears throat> that whole first verse was sort of I wouldn't try to be as, you know, pompous enough to say that I'm trying to make some big lofty statement or anything, but the thing that I was sort of trying to say was that I feel like with you know in this country, especially with creative people, there's not really a whole lot of demand for that, mm -hmm. and it's not uh, it's not seen as much as a valuable commodity as it is in like maybe some European countries, for instance. Yeah. So that was sort of like by opening the record saying that I was just sort of trying to make the point that you know no one's really asking me to do this. I'm yeah. Only, I'm only doing it because I feel like I have to. I have to be involved in creative projects in order to have even a base level of happiness so it's it's beautiful record it's lush i really like this one here what that one's called grown up, grown so, up slow. so slow actually to be totally honest i hated that one when it came when right it off the done. bat yeah right when it was done i i thought it was terrible <laughs> it's like someone someone asked me 
why I felt so negatively about it. And I said, and because also it took so long, it was like two years I was recording it. And someone asked me <clears throat> how I felt about it, and I was like, it feels like you trained for a boxing match for two years and then lost the fight. Like that's what it just, I just felt like I blew it. You're writing that one down? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did not like it at um, first. But now, okay. when I heard that song on the radio yesterday, I was like, oh, that's, I mean, it was only one track, but I was like, oh, that sounds cool. kind of rocks. and Aged well, I think. Yeah. Yeah. How and old were you when you made that one? Where was I? How old were you? I was, uh, I don't know, 31 or something. I can't just, remember. Just a wee babe. Just a wee babe. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that title is is pretty apt for my life. I have. I'm a late late bloomer. Yeah. For sure. I I, I uh, still highly immature. <laughs> yeah. You can tell by the long hair. Yeah. Well, that was also just a quarantine thing. Yeah. No barbers. I no. Remember. Well, remember the beginning when. There were people protesting yeah, because they couldn't get a haircut. Because they couldn't get a haircut as if that's important <laughs> in the scheme of things. So I thought, maybe growing your hair out has kind of like become a rebellious, become a rebellious statement again yeah. to a small degree. Yeah. You changed a lot since, you know, the person sitting in front of me is a lot different than the person on that album cover right there. Oh, it's the same, same guy. Same. I still wear that shirt sometimes. Also, if you look, I don't know how close they can zoom in, but I'm holding my cat in that photo, and she's running off my lap. And if you look closely, her tail, her tail is in the shot. Because I was trying to pose with my cat, but she wasn't having any of it. Oh, yeah. you got to get someone else to take that picture. You need two hands on a cat. Yeah, hold your hand. And, mm -hmm. yeah. um, well, can we hear the first song from that uh, performed in your apartment yeah on piano absolutely um this is going to be without uh lily's part my good friend lily sings the bridge in the recording yeah um so who's and gonna, so I'm sing, gonna it? sing it this time oh nice okay great and you're gonna do one more from without love as well yes that's correct i'm gonna do the song we don't like the same things anymore it's a tearjerker all right here we go. Back to your place. Should I rise again? Nah. <laughs> yeah. Come back to this one. Ah, sorry, y'all. <clears throat> Just can't get a complete take of that one. For some reason. All right, this is going to be We Don't Like the Same Things Anymore.
Should I try the hard one again? And maybe if I continue screwing it up, maybe we could jump in the sleep capsule. I'll try to get it though. You rolling? I'm ready. Are you gonna you're gonna pan over? Oh cool. <laughs> All right. Oh, 
That was great. That was lovely. I, I really like it when you play that piano. Keep up the good work. Yeah, that, that's the piano that's on the cover there. I live on the top floor of an apartment building, and God, that, was, I, oh, that God. almost killed me. We had to have seven people push that up the stairwell. Oh, my God. That was really like I thought I was going to die. <laughs> yeah. Like, we, like... It was, I really just lucked out because I decided that it would be cool to have a real piano in my apartment rather than just an electronic thing. And so I looked on Craigslist and one was available for free in Shelton. And this good friend of mine, his name is Mirce, he's always up for an adventure like that. So he was just like, yeah, let's go get, let's go get you a free piano. And for some reason, and when I looked at the photo and the shot, I thought it was going to be like a little miniature, little spinet sort of thing. But mm -hmm. when we arrived at the house, it was like, no, that's a full-sized, built in 1916 or something, wow. upright piano. And it was just like seven people like, one, two, three, another stair. And then another stair, and then when we were halfway up the stairwell, because I volunteered to be at the bottom because... Since it was my piano, I felt like I had to take the worst part yeah, <laughs> of that yeah. job. And then when we got halfway up, I, there was a couple of times I was like, I don't know, man, if I can, if I can hold that and you get that adrenaline, like I might be crushed by an upright piano. This might be the end of the line for me. But then we got it up there. I had a tuner come and it held pitch and worked out great. And then, so that's all over the, the record. It really just was dumb luck. Like it yeah. could have been a disaster in multiple ways, but 
somehow it worked out. You had someone come over and tune it after you moved it in? Or? Yeah, and then I was scared because of that because, you know, I don't, I don't really know the cosmetics of an upright piano. I, I looked inside and it looked like nothing was broken or anything, but it could have been possible that he could have been like this, I can't. I can't put this into pitch. It's not going to hold pitch. Yeah. And so when he said, like, this is responding really nicely, I was like, oh, thank you. Like, what a what relief. A relief. <laughs> so, but if I have to move, then we're going to have to go, you know, through this whole <laughs> nightmare all over again. This one time, Peter, changing the subject. No, go ahead. But, I'm um, happy to change the subject. I was, I was on tour or something. I was out of town, and... Um, Somebody was, I, I, I got word that back in Olympia, there were like flyers that Weezer was playing in Olympia. And uh, I was like, that's weird. And um, you know something about that. Yeah, I was in it. So you had a band in Olympia and you just, you just called it Weezer. We were called Weezer. Yeah. We played the just stuff from the 90s. Which is um, first two records, first two records, and some of the B sides. I sort of grew up listening to that band and those first two records. I am not a fan of what they have done in the last two decades or so, for the most part. You know, I'm just there's multiple camps in that. Some people aren't a fan of anything they've done. Yeah. Um, but I gotta say, doing the uh, playing some of those songs in the first two records with uh, with a few other people at ear-splitting volume was so fun. Oh, yeah. Unbelievably sure. fun. Were you the singer? Me and this other guy who I started it with kind of switched off the uh -huh. uh, lead singer, guitar player. I, I sang like maybe two-thirds of them. And he played all the solos because he was a much more accomplished uh, guitar player than me. Um, but yeah, that was so much fun. It really hurts your left hand because you're never out of the the power cord, power cord. like they just yeah. don't at least in the early days they never really like that was just going all the time so we just finish a song and I'd be like god that is oh, difficult yeah. but yeah that was a ton of fun did any do you think people showed up expecting the uh non-olympia weezer to be there I don't think that anyone really expected that, but I've never, and I've been in punk bands that toured and, you know, all across the U.S. and Canada and stuff, and I have never played in a band that caused as much havoc and danger and potential bodily harm uh -huh. as the Weezer cover band. That was like for at least a couple years after that ended, and when I would hear Say It Ain't So on the radio or whatever, I'd get really nervous when it was about to be the part that it gets heavy for the first time because that was when the crowds would just lose it. Yeah. And they tore the ceiling down on us at the Phoenix House. Oh, my like God. There was, it was like the end of Phoenix House going away fest, and we played, and they had all these like acoustic tiles in the ceiling. They like ripped them down on the on the band and there was a human chain in the front trying to protect us wow. which wasn't really working and then after the show my lips were all bloody because i was playing guitar so i didn't have a didn't have any protection and people just kept on you know shoving the microphone into my mouth and Ooh. 
That's like the only time on stage that I've had to say like, y'all need to chill out or we can't continue playing. Like you just get some, you get a bunch of half drunk kids in. Calm down where there's no rock and roll. Yeah, yeah. I just never really thought that I was gonna have that experience because most of the rowdy stuff I've ever played, I've been the drummer and that's kind of nice because you have protection, you know, you got some toms and cymbal stands, you got, you know, even if someone sails into the set, and I've had that happen a few times, like you, you kind of have a little yeah. bit. And if I may, you, you are a kick-ass drummer, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's sort of my uh, most, that's the skill I can use on other people's music. Yeah. Or I feel more confident like playing on other people's stuff as drummer. As yeah. long as it's not jazz or something, I can't really play jazz. You just gotta hit like random notes and. Yeah, there's a technique and sort of a feel. I'm not very good at something where it isn't. It doesn't revolve around the kick and snare all the time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, jazz is sort of more like the hi hat and the ride cymbal, or sort of pushing it along. And... Yeah. Yeah. They get the starring role in the yeah. in that set. It's got to be kind of like beats for me to do it. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um. No drums on the title track from Without Love, are there? No, and the guy, this guy Rogan, who played the sax parts on the arrangement in that song was uh, was done by my friend Caleb. Have you met Caleb before? Oh yeah, Caleb's his yeah. real sweetheart. Sweetheart and unbelievably talented musically. Off the chart level talent. So he did but the horn arrangement? He did the horn arrangement and sort of co-produced it with me. Uh, and that was also during quarantine. It was before we were vaccinated, so I had to sort of send him my parts, and then he did the arrangement with this guy, Rogan. And that was one of the things that Rogan said he was the most, he's like, I love that it doesn't have drums. He's like, I love that it, it, and I just didn't think it would have been appropriate. I just didn't think that that would have sounded good on that song. Yeah, I wasn't complaining. Yeah. I just, just noticed. Yeah, we, maybe we could, do a live version someday that does have drums or something. I don't know. Maybe just like just like a cymbal crash at the end. Yeah, just right at the end. No drums, and then <laughs> at the very end of the or a gong or something. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I used to live such lonely days, but now they're cake. I'll make a cup of tea at home without love. And staying off the tilt of world is such relief to keep familiar company without love without love I can lose the
The better half of someone else gave a piece and crawled the carpet on his knees without love. And someday I'll turn desperate, ha ha But now I laugh into the face of that love I can lose the will to find a place to be without love without love wondering why I gave so much of me before so young and foolish trusting She could have been Thank you so much, Peter. Thank you. We love you. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be on Low Profile. Do we get to shake hands across the desk here? Looking forward to having you back. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> she always sleeps there. Thank you. This is the highest one was. That's, yeah. That's good. Are you all right? Yeah. I just poof. Yeah, green maybe screen. it should just be. Yeah. Yeah, and then you can just put my name at the bottom. Sure. Also, she's on multiple releases. Yeah. Including the new one. Okay. We're in C now. Baby, come home I miss you so much A heart used to kick in me Now it's the one in your clutch In the waterproof pocket Of your black Oh, baby. 
First take intensity. I don't think we could get again. Yeah. Sometimes the first take is. You've been listening to Low Profile. I'm Mark Lee Morrison, and you just heard an episode on the Mona Reels featuring Peter David Connolly. You can find links to the Mona Reels music on this episode's website at lowprofilepodcast.com where you can also watch the broadcast television version of this episode. If that's not enough Mona Reels for you, they gave another performance and interview during the Shirler Sundays live series, and you can hear that two episodes back. Today's show was recorded for Thurston Community Media by Andrew Ebright. If you'd like to support Low Profile and get early access to future episodes and occasional exclusive bonus content, head over to patreon.com lowprofile and sign up for flexible monthly donations. Join the crew of executive producers. Next time on Low Profile, I'll be speaking with Suzzy Roach of The Roaches and her daughter, singer-songwriter Lucy Wainwright Roach. You can subscribe to this show wherever you get podcasts to make sure you hear new episodes as soon as they're released and catch up on previous shows you may have missed. Thanks for listening, and I hope to see you real soon.